Live from my living room, it is The Rant. Uh, wow, I mean, so much news happened today. I can't even believe But You think, like, for one second, you know, this is going to carry on. I'm going to talk about, you know, the upcoming matchup, which is tomorrow night, which I'll probably cover tomorrow before the game now because there's just, this episode is just crazy. So much stuff happened today, and I got to dive right into it. And obviously, the biggest news that happened today was that Ezekiel Elliott signed a six-year, $90 million extension, making the total length of his contract eight years, $103 million. And everybody is oogling and ogling because that makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL. And that makes him the highest paid cowboy and the first ever uh, Cowboys player to receive over $100 million in total value. Um, all of this is a facade. It's bullshit. Um, you should not take that at face value. If you do, you do not understand NFL contracts and how they work. Only $50 million of this money, then his extension of $90 million is guaranteed. Therefore, the other $40 million is null and void. He is set to make the remaining amount that's on his original left, two years left in his deal because he has a fifth-year option, so he had a guaranteed contract set to make $25 million when it was all said and done out of the first five years of his contract. He then, since he's only played three years on that current deal, got an extension of six more years, meaning eight total, $50 million guaranteed for a total amount physically being available for him to be earned of $103 million. And the media is running with this. Ian Rapport is running with this. All the people on the sports media who love to talk about, wow, look at all this money. It's all bullshit. You shouldn't listen to any of it. What matters is the $50 million guaranteed, okay? He's only going to get $50 million. Then he can either be cut, he can be traded, it could be restructured. It doesn't matter. It's $50 million. But the precedent here that everybody doesn't want to talk about Okay, is is what this does to the Cowboys future going forward. It has nothing to do with Zeke. And I'm not mad that they paid Zeke or I'm mad they spent this money and you shouldn't be mad. Okay, this isn't your money. You're not Jerry Jones. You do not own the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys. This is his money. He can do with his money whatever he wants. He can put it in a pile and set it on fire for all I care. It's his money. It, he can do whatever he wants with it. Right. So. The reason this deal is a bad taste in my mouth is for a few reasons. One, it resets the running back market, which it deceptively does. It doesn't really reset it, but on paper it resets it. So now you have guys out there like Melvin Gordon who are like, well, why can't I get this kind of money? And it's frustrating because it's a facade, and these guys are being fed lies. And the media hypes it up, and they're being fed lies. Two, this sets a terrible precedent for the Cowboys ownership slash management, basically saying you can have two years left on your current deal, go to Cabo, play and relax in the sun and demand a new deal. Wow. In the meantime, your quarterback, your number one wide receiver are on the last years of their current contracts, respectively, and you cast them to the wayside. They go about everything the proper way. They show up to camp on time. They participate in all the offseason activities. They don't talk or begrudge or talk about how their money and blah, 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 and they need to get paid. No, they focus on, I'm here, I'm at camp, I'm here to get better, I'm here to make the team better, all while being on the last year of their respective contracts, right? But you let a running back 
cut to the head of the line and get a big money contract that on paper looks bigger than it is, but it's still not good when when Dak and his agent can go and be like, why did you pay this guy $100 million? I and my client, me and my client, we've been here. We waited patiently for you to pay me, and you've balked on that opportunity. It, it, it just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth that they would handle it in this way. Jerry Jones is just leading the band at halftime when it comes to the Cowboys. He really is. He does the same thing all Cowboys fans do, and it can be summed up in one joke. And, th- and this, is, this joke is so true. It's probably the most true thing I've ever heard. How many Cowboys fans does it take to change a light bulb? None, because they all stand around and talk about how good the old light bulb was. By signing Zeke to this big of a deal and paying him while he's already on a contract, Jerry Jones is virtue signaling to the days of old. Jerry will forever be haunted by Emmett Smith sitting out for two games in 1993, them losing those games back-to-back, him having to pay Emmett what he wanted, and then them leading them to a Super Bowl. Okay? He is literally, even though he came out and said you don't need a, a, lush, a rushing leader to win a Super Bowl, he, he flew in the face of his own words because that's exactly how he won a Super Bowl multiple times. The three Super Bowls he did win, 93, 94, 95, right, with the Cowboys, is he had a leading rusher. So him lying and saying you don't need one is true. In fact, I did an episode on this before. I said it's the most true thing Jerry Jones has ever said, right? But by allowing Zeke to do what he did here, jump the line, it is Jerry Jones 100% virtue signaling for the days of old, for the days of ground and pound, for the days of the running back, because he physically, obviously, that's what this means. He doesn't believe Dak Prescott can win a game for him. He now values the running back position greater than what he values the quarterback position. Because in a passing league, why would you pay a running back? That's exactly what what I take out of this, is that he is just continuing to lead the band at halftime when it comes to the Zeke parade. And everyone in Dallas is taking crazy pills if they truly believe that Zeke is the the MVP of this team. You're 100% wrong. This team runs and, and drives through Dak Prescott. He's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's the guy who, if you lose him, this team spirals out of control. They go from a winning team to a losing team than the laughing stock of the NFC if they lose Dak Prescott. 100%. It doesn't matter who comes in there. Like, do they not do they not remember how this happened to begin with? That t- Tony Romo, they're supposed to have a great season. Tony Romo gets hurt, and it's all gloom and doom. And then this kid, Dak Prescott, fourth rounder, comes out of nowhere and win and, and leads them to 13 and 3? Did, did people not remember how that happened? And now all of a sudden, those same people are sitting there saying, well, no, 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 it's Zeke, it's Zeke, Zeke's the reason. He's the answer, and Jerry knows he's the answer. And that's why Jerry paid him, because he knows that we need this guy to win. You, you are total, totally, you're missing the boat. The, it's set sail. You're lost. Newsflash. It's a completely different league. This just reeks of Jerry coming to the realization that he is 76 years old, in his personal Super Bowl window, 
is closing. It is a total knee-jerk reaction. And it spits in the face of the two players who showed up to camp and competed and are currently on the last years of their respective contracts. It's not about money to me, okay? I told you this before. I don't care how much money Jerry gives gives Zeke. I don't at all. And I want everyone to get paid. But I'm allowed to give my opinion and criticize the decision. I would have never paid Zeke while he was currently under a two-year agreement that he had already signed. He was guaranteed $25 million. Does no one remember that? $25 million he was guaranteed in the first four, five years of that contract because it's a fifth-year option contract. And I would have never given him $15 million a season. Running backs are expendable. And I don't know why we have to keep going down this road, especially in a passing league where there's maybe one or two really good quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, that come out and do well in the following year. And you see how important it is to find a quarterback and lock him up when then every year there's four or five great running backs, sometimes even a dozen great running backs that just magically show up. It blows my mind. It flies in the face of everything I've seen work in the NFL when people do this, when when ownership does this. And, and, and ultimately, when this comes at the expense of your quarterback, who is the most important player on the team, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm pissed. There is only so much money to be had. And it very much looks like they are going in the direction of franchise tagging him next season. By signing Zeke now, the pie for contracts this season has almost entirely gone. Okay, they signed Lionel Collins to a big deal. They signed Jalen Smith to a big deal. They signed uh, Demarcus Lawrence to a big deal. They signed, uh, you know, all these players on defense and, and offense. And and and, da- and uh, Zeke, of course. And they didn't sign the quarterback. So it's if I'm if I'm Dak, I'm saying, where's my money? Where is it? Right? Jared Goff's got a brand new contract. He just reset the market again. Right? Got a bunch of guaranteed money. Where's my money? Where is it? Right? He's going to be like in Family Guy. He's going to be like Brian with the bat or Stewie with the bat beating up Brian. Like, where's my money, man? Where's my money? Right? Because that's what I would be doing. I'd be going and knocking on Jerry's door and be like, yo, where's my money, bro? You understand that if I sit, if you want to franchise me next season, guess what I'm doing? I am sitting out the season and I'm not showing up. And I'm gonna, you're going to either have to enter trade trade offers or you're going to have to pay me because I'm not showing up under the franchise tag. I'm not doing it, okay? Because guess what? Over the past three years, I, Dak Prescott, have averaged $540,000 in those three years. Average. He's made $540,000 a year on average over the last three years, and he's set to make $2 million this year for a total amount of about $3.5 million. Okay, he is drastically underplayed or underpaid for being a quarterback of his caliber. Again, Dak's not a top 10 quarterback. He's in the middle class of quarterbacks. But guess what? He still should be commanding at least $15 to $20 million a season, if not more. And he is drastically underpaid. Horribly underpaid. By Jerry doing this, he is basically telling Dak that, yeah, I appreciate you going about everything the right way, showing up to camp uh, on time, being a great locker room guy, being a guy um, who I can count on to be here and lead this team, but I'd rather pay the running back who has had multiple off-field issues in the past 
and has two years still left on his deal that guaranteed him $25 million. I understand that this is an unwritten rule that you don't talk about other people's money if you're a player, but if I'm Dak and and they try to franchise tag me, like I said, I'm out. I'm not signing. I'm making them trade me or pay me. Those are your two options because this is the path that you've gone down now. Because I don't think they can reach a deal. I think Dak is going to want big money because all these other quarterbacks keep getting paid. And he's going to be like, where is my money? Where is it? You've signed everybody but me. And they can't franchise tag both him and Amari Cooper. So it's going to come down to either franchise tagging one of them, and I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to tag Amari Cooper or are they going to try to get a deal done because he's easier on the cap hit to sign Amari Cooper? I'm going to make them think long and hard about their decision to pay the running back over the quarterback if I'm Dak Prescott. It's crazy. And I can't believe this isn't getting more media spin than it is. Everyone keeps saying, oh, yeah, they're going to pay Dak. They're going to pay Dak. I don't see how they can. What money do they have left? It's a salary cap league. They just signed five people this offseason. To big deals, too. This isn't pocket change. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what they can do anymore. I, I really don't. It, it is unbelievable, and, and I honestly can't believe this isn't getting as, as much spin as, as it should be. Anyway, moving on to a new topic. Just like you, just when you think the day couldn't get any crazier, okay, with the, with the Zeke deal and, and all the talk, okay, Melvin Gordon requested a trade, all that, right? Not just, just when you thought things couldn't get any crazier, right? Antonio Brown pokes his head out and he's like, dude, hold my beer, and just absolutely destroys everything you could possibly think of of just going off the deep end, okay? So, Antonio Brown goes on his Instagram and posts a picture of a letter by uh, given to him by Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Okay, and this is the letter. I'm going to read it to you now. It says, Dear Antonio, as you know, you did not participate in Raiders' walkthrough on August 22nd. Your absence from practice was unexcused. Accordingly, you are hereby fined $13,950 present, what? Oh, person, uh, basically underneath the article 42, section one, uh, subsection seven of the NFL collective bargaining agreement and the Raiders club discipline schedule. You are previously fined $40,000 for missing Raiders preseason training camp on August 18th. Please be advised that should you continue to miss mandatory team activities, including practices and games, the Raiders reserve the right to impose additional remedies available under the club's discipline schedule, the CBA, and your NFL player contract, including but not limited to additional fines and discipline for engaging in conduct detrimental to the club. Sincerely signed, Mike Mayock, general manager. Okay, so he posts this letter on his Instagram. Then, in his own little section at the bottom where he types, he says, in regards to this whole message, when your own, this is 
again, this is him writing this, okay? I'm not reading this badly. This is his language. And I'm sorry if I sound like an absolute moron, but just remember that an absolute moron typed this, so I'm reading what he wrote, okay? When your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear at Raiders. Again, I'm going to write read that one more time just in case for some reason you thought I was, you know, having a stroke or, you know, had a brain aneurysm. When your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. Uh, no Antonio Brown. No, we we are not clear. We are pretty much the opposite of clear because I have no idea what you are talking about. But let me just try to decipher what's happening here. When your own team want to hate. So I assume he's talking about at the Raiders because he also added the Raiders, right? He 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 Instagrammed at them. He put their Instagram handle in the Instagram post. So when your own team want to hate. So I'm assuming he's saying when your own team wants to fine you, you know, almost $54,000. Uh, and I guess there should be a period there or a comma, but there's no stopping me now. Devil is a lie. I don't know what devil is a lie mean. I, I I've never heard that saying before. I guess I could Google it. I don't know, but I'm sure he's saying when your own team want to hate, so they're hating on me for making me pay this fine for not showing up to work. And he's saying everyone got to pay this year. I don't know if that he, he means like everyone has to pay like. They all have to pay what the fine is, or or everyone has to pay like they're gonna pay for 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 hating on him. I don't know, but then he said so we clear, and and then that is almost the most ironic part of the entire message because obviously we are nowhere near clear. But the funniest part about this is that he has the audacity to one take a shot at his team for fining him about $54,000 for not showing up to work. So he did not participate in the Raiders' walkthrough, which cost him about $14,000. And then he missed the Raiders' preseason training camp on August 18th, and that cost him $40,000. So Mayock... That's obviously in response to when Mayock went out and, and was like, Antonio Brown's not here. He's AWOL. Uh, we've exhausted, you know, all areas of relief, that whole quote in regards to he's, you know, when he told him he needs to buy in or buy out. So that's obviously what he meant. Like, I'm going to fine you for this because you're giving me a headache, right? And AB does not like this at all. He is off on the deep end, just absolutely He's gone, he's gone way, way off the reservation. He is now pretty much clinically insane. I don't, I don't know what you do if you're the Raiders. I just laugh because it it is so po- poetic because this is just poetic justice to the nth degree. Just showing how much everyone in the media who blamed Ben Roethlisberger, who blamed Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin, and who blamed Kevin Colbert, and the Roonies for what transpired with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. There is no possible way you 
can blame them for what is happening or for what happened or how they handled it when Antonio Brown hasn't even played a game for the Raiders. Not even a snap. Not even a preseason game. And he's already doing this. He's tweeted out a picture or posted a picture on Instagram of his boss telling him, hey, this is a note letting you know we find you because you didn't show up to work. And he takes the shot at the team saying, you're hating on me. Right? Like, imagine if you were at work and you were late to work multiple days. So your boss wrote you up and he said, hey, you know, we're going to have to write you up and discipline you for being late to work multiple days. And so then you took that picture, put it up on your Instagram to all your followers and said, man, work's hating on me. And then you tweeted at the company you worked for. Do you think there would be repercussions for what you've just done? Absolutely. You'd probably be fired. And at, at the minimum, you would definitely be reprimanded even worse than you already previously were. So for him to somehow think in this delusional universe that he is not an employee, that he is his own boss, that he works for himself, is absolutely ludicrous. And let me tell you right now, Antonio Brown, if it goes on this way, it'll take about three games for him to absolutely be the biggest nightmare the Raiders have ever seen. Let's be let's let's remember folks. He's been in Oakland for 6 months. He hasn't played a game for the Raiders. Not even a preseason game. And he can't stay off social media or stay out of the national media headlines for literally a week. It is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. It is so comical and it is so honestly such a breath of fresh air because everyone in Pittsburgh can finally just be like, see, see what we're talking about? You see, like, I I bet you, if you watch that interview, uh, Ben Rothsberg did an interview with ESPN and the guy, I forget who, trying to do the, uh, who did the interview, tried to bait him into answering a question about Antonio Brown. And he curled his bottom lip and looked like he was biting it, like he had something to say. And then he said, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm done talking about that subject. He wants to go off. Ben Roethlisberger wants to tell everyone. He wants to get on the mountaintops and scream, I told you so. But he can't because he needs to be the bigger person here. And he has been. And he's handled it beautifully. Because A.B. just keeps digging his own grave deeper and deeper and deeper every time he does stupid stuff like this. And it is utterly amazing to witness. Like, just when you think he can't go any dumber, he does something even more dumb than what he did before. And, and it is honestly, it should be like the Guinness Book of World Records for the amount of dumb things you can do in a year. It, it, it is unbelievable. I would make a statement and, and I would believe that the Raiders might cut bait with him after a year because they just can't deal with it anymore. A year of him acting like this, and I will say, I don't like Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless's show on FS1 that, that much. I do watch it occasionally. But 
Shannon Sharp is writing the money when he says this, and, and this is the most one of the most true statements of all time. Okay? Money doesn't change you. It only makes you more of what you already are. Okay? And that is 100% fact. A.B. was always a horse's ass. The biggest horse's ass forever in the history of the world, probably. He has always been who he has been. Every time the Steelers paid him, he just got worse. Every time, the or as soon as the Raiders traded him and then ripped up his old deal and gave him a brand new deal, making him the highest paid wide receiver in football until recently broken, he's a horse's ass. And he continues to be a horse's ass. And now he thinks he's above the laws of the CBA and the Raiders organization. It is a hurricane shitstorm of craziness, and it is residing currently about four miles from where I sit speaking to you right now. And it is utterly hilarious. And I cannot wait until this entire AB experiment just goes way, way, way off the reservation and they have no choice but to cut him and say it failed. And honestly, the more I see this is I see Mike Mayock, a guy who wanted nothing to do with Antonio Brown, but John Gruden, who watched Antonio Brown practice, watched his game tape, says, oh boy, I got to have that guy out there. And hard knocks again last night just shows you Gruden is all about the camera. Gruden is all about him. He loves hearing his own voice. He loves seeing his own face. And I think it's it's just the Gruden show down there. It really is. Poor Mike Mayock. I mean, I know he's a new guy in this, but I guarantee you Gruden calls all the shots and Mayock has no choice. He has, he has nothing he can do, nothing he can say. It, it is the John Gruden show, and it is utterly ridiculous. And it's, utter, and it's utterly comical. And yesterday, I was listening to local radio, and all of them, I, I want to see what they have to say now, but all of them said that the Raiders were their dark horse to, win the, to go to the playoffs this year for the AFC, which is utterly, completely comical. Like, it is so comical that I, I cannot believe it. They believe somehow these crazy people who, who are on radio in uh, the Oakland area believe that somehow the Oakland Raiders will make the playoffs. Judging from the fact that they have, just in their division alone, there's two playoff teams in their division, which means there's only one wild card spot left in the AFC, which I've already talked about at nauseum at this show. And I honestly believe it's probably coming out of the AFC North, which means and it could possibly come out of the AFC South. But I'm, I, I probably I, I would bet on the AFC North, which means they're on the outside look. They're on the outside looking in. The Raiders are not going to make the playoffs, and it is absolutely comical. I listen to this on my way to work sometimes that they would say this. These guys know nothing about football because it's just like the Dallas Cowboys joke I said earlier. Everybody out here on the West Coast, right? They just talk about the good old days, right? They don't change light bulbs. They talk about how good the old light bulb used to work before it burn out. And they stand around and look at it and contemplate why the light bulb won't work like the old one used to. That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's it in a nutshell. And it is utterly comical to watch. Anyway, um, again, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, I'm going to be doing a pregame show to the game tomorrow before uh, kickoff. I'll be talking about uh, who I like in the matchups, uh, things to see. Uh, things to w- like to watch for and in, in, um in in you know some 
I'm not going to throw out bets or anything or, or what to expect. I mean, I kind of gave you a little bit of a prediction for the pre the pre prediction basically of the game, but it's exciting. We are literally um, less than you know, or a little over 24 hours away from having football on. Like I said, for the next 23 weeks, and it is a glorious, glorious time. And it's awesome that we get a rivalry matchup right off the bat in Chicago. Um, again, super pumped for that. Super pumped for the NFL season. I'm going to keep bringing you guys news. And then obviously we'll go from here. And um, I'm going to lay down what I plan to do each week during the season. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I appreciate everyone who uh, follows the podcast, supports the podcast. Please follow me on Instagram at the Ram with Eli. Please you can follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli. You can email me at the at the rant Eli at gmail.com. You can hit me up, ask me questions about any episode you want, debate me on anything I've said, any of the hot takes I have transpired to you. You can eat them up and spit them back out. Um, again, please, 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 please share the podcast with friends, family, grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts, cousins, uh, whoever. Just share it with uh your friends family and others uh it really helps me out and uh, i like to see the podcast get spread out uh thanks a lot guys i appreciate it and uh i'll see you when i see you